0: This program is brought to you by Preserve Gold, the number one precious metals IRA provider. Call 855-962-3322.
1: China readies for war? Chinese leader Xi Jinping calling on his troops to up their military training with a focus on armed combat. His comments during a naval inspection. This comes amid heightened tensions over Taiwan after the Chinese regime staged military exercises around the island over the weekend. The U.S. and allies watching closely as global strategic and economic interests ride on the line. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Before we dive into today's news, make sure to use the link below to subscribe to our newsletter. Each week, we'll round up the highlights and controversies happening around China and the world and share an exclusive behind-the-scenes snapshot with our readers. Keep an eye out. The newsletter will land in your inbox Friday morning. Chinese leader Xi Jinping adding fuel to the flame with tensions between China and Taiwan skyrocketing. The Communist Party head is calling on his armed forces to bolster military training, tailored toward actual combat. He made the remark during his visit to Sea Chinese naval troops stationed in southern Guangdong. The area directly faces the South China Sea and isn't far from Taiwan. Both areas would be on the front line in the event of a hot war. Xi Jinping urged troops to deepen military training and preparation and take the Chinese military's modernization to the next level. His inspection comes after China said it suspended its three-day military drill around Taiwan. The reports say activities are still ongoing. Beijing kicked off the drill after Taiwan's President Tsai Ing-wen met with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy in California. A previous meeting between Tsai and former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi drew a similar response from China. Last August, Beijing launched military drills around Taiwan to simulate a blockade. How does Beijing see Taiwan? A comment from a Chinese military researcher may shed some light on China's perspective. He described the island, which refuses to bow to Beijing, as a tumor that needs removal.
0: A person is sick and has a tumor in his body, and we have to operate to remove this tumor.
2: Retired Marine Colonel Grant Newsom explains why Taiwan is such a thorn in the Chinese regime's side. He said as a healthy democracy of 23 million people, Taiwan's very existence is a threat to Beijing's propaganda.
3: The, the Chinese communists argue that, well, Chinese can only be ruled by force. There's no other alternative to rule by the Chinese Communist Party. Well, Taiwan shows otherwise, and it's a 24-hour embarrassment uh, to the, what the Chinese are saying
2: he also explained why it's important for the u.s to defend Taiwan
3: the important thing as I see it is really important thing is look at the the blow to American prestige uh, if Taiwan goes under if it is allowed to be enslaved and it shows that the American military with all its might couldn't keep Taiwan free that shows that American economic and political uh, financial power couldn't uh, prevent China from taking Taiwan.
2: We'll keep you updated as the situation develops across the
1: Taiwan Strait. Beijing planning to close airspace north of Taiwan, an area that could impact international aviation, especially for neighboring countries like Japan and Korea, as well as the U.S. The statement comes from Taiwan's Defense Ministry Wednesday. The department noted the no-fly zone would fall within its air defense identification zone, about 85 nautical miles north of its shores.
0: Judging from the public information, it will include missions related to aviation and space, meaning it could be related to anything, to satellites and communication. Whether it is really about those, I believe all departments are making investigations.
1: A Japanese news agency said the no-fly zone also included part of Japan's exclusive economic zone. Hours later, the island said it had successfully urged China to drastically narrow its plan, shortening the no fly zone's timeframe to about half an hour. That's down from the originally scheduled three days. The change will help avoid severe travel disturbances, as happened during Chinese military drills last August. Is the U.S. losing a longtime ally? That's the question after French President Emmanuel Macron's recent comments, saying when it comes to Taiwan, European countries should not, in his words, adapt to the American rhythm or a Chinese overreaction. The U.S. responding. Republican chairman of the House Select Committee on the Chinese Communist Party calling Macron's comments embarrassing and disgraceful. The White House, meanwhile, saying on Monday it remains confident in its relationship with France. We are, again, comfortable and confident uh, in the terrific bilateral relationship we have with France. He added the two countries are working together on so many different issues, including cooperation in the Asia-Pacific region. The Inter-Parliamentary Alliance on China saying about Macron, you do not speak for Europe. Taiwan also taking note, a senior official questioning whether France still knew the definition of liberty, equality, fraternity. Adding Macron's comments left him puzzled. Macron's comments about Taiwan come on the heels of his recent trip to China, asking Xi Jinping to broker a peace deal between Russia and Ukraine. This comes as China has been staging military exercises around Taiwan over the weekend, following Taiwan President Tsai Ing-wen's return from the United States, where she met House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Taiwan's foreign minister saying to be on alert.
2: Uh, they seems to be uh, trying to get ready. Uh, to launch a war against Taiwan. Uh, But if we look at the uh, UN Charter, the most fundamental T-net in resolving international disputes should be through peaceful
1: means. The Chinese regime claims democratically governed Taiwan as its own territory. That's despite having never ruled it. With eyes on French President Emmanuel Macron's Taiwan remarks, let's dive deeper into the ideological roots behind his words. The French leader has openly called himself an heir to the spirit of the Chinese Communist Party's founder. Here are the details.
0: An informal tea meeting with Chinese leader Xi Jinping, capping off French President Emmanuel Macron's three-day China trip last week. But these two share a passion that goes far beyond the age-old beverage. In March 2017, then popular presidential candidate Macron had an interview with French newspaper Le Parisien. He publicly declared, I am a Maoist, adding, a good program is one that works, referring to the effectiveness of his campaign. Mao was the first and most authoritarian leader of the Chinese Communist Party, ruling for 27 years before his death in 1976 an estimated 65 million Chinese people died as a result of his policies and attempts to craft Chinese socialism, the most famous of which was the Great Famine, the consequence of his order to centralize China's agriculture under a policy called the Great Leap Forward. Current party leader Xi Jinping is seen as a staunch follower of Mao, given his dedication to Mao's ideology, his often hardline policies, and his stress on the Communist Party's absolute leadership over all aspects of society. Apart from his comments on Maoism, Macron also cited other communist leaders on various occasions. During a later interview with French TV station RTL, Macron invoked a famous quote from former Chinese statesman Deng Xiaoping as he addressed the issue of overcoming the left-right divide. It doesn't matter if a cat is white or black, we only ask him to catch the mouse. Earlier that same year, at a conference in western France, Macron made repeated calls for what he called cultural revolution in multiple sectors. The term evokes one of the darkest periods of communist rule in China, when millennia of cultural heritage were wiped out, with hundreds of thousands of lives slaughtered. Macron also likens his campaign and polling analysis to a long march. The name relates to the communist forces' south-to-north migration during the Civil War to escape the then-ruling Guomindang. Mao's ideas had a profound impact on French society back in the 60s. One of Macron's rivals in that year's election, politician Jean-Luc Mélenchon, is also a typical Maoist. He was known for wearing Mao's jacket during campaign events. Colin Fredrickson, NTD News.
1: The world is at a turning point. That's the word from Japan's foreign minister on Tuesday. As he spoke about his country's 2023 diplomacy blue book, here's what he said.
0: BASED ON THE RECOGNITION THAT THE WORLD IS CURRENTLY AT A TURNING POINT IN HISTORY, THIS DIPLOMATIC BLUE BOOK PROVIDES AN OVERVIEW OF THE INTERNATIONAL SITUATION AND JAPAN'S DIPLOMATIC ACTIVITIES OVER THE PAST YEAR.
2: HAYASHI SAID CHALLENGES INCLUDE THE INCREASING FREQUENCY OF JOINT MILITARY ACTIONS FROM CHINA AND RUSSIA AROUND JAPAN.
0: WE BELIEVE WE NEED TO KEEP A WATCHFUL EYE.
2: Japan's southernmost island is just several dozen miles away from Taiwan. Given its proximity, Japanese officials are concerned that a war between China and Taiwan could drag Japan into the conflict. China's foreign ministry spokesperson responded to Hayashi's comments on Tuesday, accusing Japan of interfering with China's domestic affairs and saying that its cooperation with Russia does not target a third party and fully complies with international law and practice. Japan is home to the region's most advanced technology and is a top U.S. ally.
1: Over in Japan, Tokyo is holding strong to its plan to shore up defenses. The nation announced Tuesday it would research and develop a new lineup of long-range missiles. That's as tensions with Beijing escalate. More details from Japan's defense ministry reveal the country has already signed contracts worth $2.8 billion with engineering company Mitsubishi Heavy Industries. Its job to mass-produce certain weapons starting this year to be deployed in 2026 and 2027 and develop new ones. Japan has said it also plans to purchase hundreds of Tomahawk cruise missiles from the U.S., Two presidential elections next year could determine the fate of the global status quo, one in the U.S. and the other in Taiwan. A Harvard alumni is running for Taiwan's presidency. He's considered even tougher against China than current president Tsai Ing-wen. What's more, he was projected to be his party's ruling candidate on Wednesday. Polls suggest that he may even win.
0: His name is Lai ching te the current vice president of Taiwan. Before China gives up the intention to use force on Taiwan, we must keep on strengthening the defense capabilities of the whole population. We must be prepared for a Chinese invasion and to protect Taiwan at any time. The presidential candidate has been in politics for decades. Throughout his career, Lai has become known for his outspoken rhetoric. He insists that Taiwan is already independent, therefore there's no need to declare it. That view, of course, draws anger from China, Beijing's aggressive action in the Taiwan Strait presents a challenge for both Taiwan and the West. Despite never having ruled Taiwan, the Chinese Communist Party sees the democratically-governed island as part of its own territory.
1: A top U.S. intelligence officer is sharing his outlook on Russia. CIA Director William Burns warning that Russia could become an economic colony of China as its isolation from the West deepens. Here's his statement.
0: Russia is
2: becoming more and more dependent on China, and in some respects, runs the risk of becoming an economic colony of China over time, dependent for you know, export of energy resources and raw materials in that direction as well. That all adds up, in my view, to a, a huge own goal
3: uh, for Putin's Russia right now. Burns was speaking at Rice University in Houston. He also addressed the leak of highly classified Pentagon documents and says it's an urgent problem for the U.S. Burns mentioned the Pentagon and Justice Department investigation is intense and ongoing, but declined to comment further.
1: Chinese classical dance group Shenyun is winning applause from a global audience. But beyond the stage lights, some of the artist's families are facing life-threatening oppression because of their beliefs. Here's the story Yun principal dancer Stephen Wong shared with us.
2: Stephen Wong was touring the globe with Shen Yun earlier this month when he learned his mother was sentenced to four years in prison in China.
0: After her arrest, the detention center didn't allow visits or notify the family. We had no idea exactly what happened.
2: Last July, Chinese police arrested his mother Liu in central Henan province that marked the 69-year-old's 11th time in custody after spending eight years in various detention facilities. All this because of her faith, Falun Gong. Falun Gong is a spiritual belief centered on the moral teachings of truthfulness, compassion, and tolerance. Its followers number in the tens of millions worldwide. After its release to the public in 1992, its popularity soared across China, but years later, the number of Falun Gong practitioners rose to meet the count of the Chinese Communist Party members. The CCP began to see the practice's emphasis on spirituality and free thought as threat to its grip on power. By 1999, it had launched a sweeping persecution campaign against Falun Gong. Numerous practitioners like Liu were jailed, sentenced to labor camps, and even tortured to death. Among them was Wang's father, he died in 2009, after years in a Chinese prison. In 2008, Wang joined the Shen Yun Performing Arts Company in New York. For the past 15 years, he's tried to get his mother out of China and reunite in the U.S. But the regime stripped Liu of her freedom to travel.
0: My parents weren't able to attend my graduation, my wedding or witness the birth of their grandson. I have never experienced a complete family where parents and children are reunited."
2: Wang and his sister turned to the international community for help in rescuing their mother.
0: Not just my mother, but tens of thousands of people in China are being held for their belief in Falun Gong. I hope the US will take a stand to stop this persecution.
2: Wang explained that he's chosen to expose the truth and share his story through art.
0: I am now a dancer in Shen Yun. Shen Yun's mission is to revive traditional Chinese culture. Through the performance, I am also telling the audience what is truly happening in China and the lies of the CCP.
2: Shen Yun has earned worldwide acclaim in hundreds of countries, but is not allowed to perform in mainland China.
1: Coming up, Brazil's president is visiting China, seeking to build a closer friendship with the communist country. Brazil recently joined Iran, North Korea, and Syria in the decision to trade with China in their own currencies. That's instead of the standard U.S. dollar. But how should Washington react to the de-dollarization?
3: We do need to start asking countries to take sides, and those countries that don't take the side of democracy and human rights, there ought to be consequences to that, and they ought to be economic and trade big consequence.
1: Joining us is Anders Korr, publisher of the Journal of Political Risk. His comments after the break, here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Brazil's president arrived in China Wednesday. Relations between the two countries are heavily rooted in business and trade. And recently, they made the decision to ditch the U.S. dollar and trade in their own currencies. We spoke to Anders Korr, publisher of the Journal of Political Risk, for more on what this could mean.
3: Well, I think that it is more difficult to sanction a country that is not using the US dollar. So that's exactly why China and Russia have been trying very hard not to use the US dollar. Um, Iran has, has done the same thing, Syria, North Korea. You know, Basically, all of these uh, very malign powers um, that totally ignore human rights and don't want to be sanctioned for that are taking premeditated action uh, you know, which shows that they have intention to commit future crimes, basically to to, convict, to commit future international crimes, and that's another reason why we need to crack down on all of these countries. Uh, and I think we need to really start saying to countries like Brazil that would participate in that premeditated uh, violation of elite of of international law. We have to. Tell countries like Brazil um, that if they do that, they're going to face consequences. Um, they may have their trade privileges in the United States and Europe removed. They may have their, um, you know, uh, most favored nation status removed. Um, you know, foreign aid could be decreased uh, to their country based on these on these issues. Um, and we need to make that clear across the board. Um, we, need to, we need to ask countries to take sides. We really haven't done that. Our, our diplomats very frequently uh, will say, we're not asking you to take a side if they're talking to a country, we just want you to do the right thing, right? And, um, but actually we do need to start asking countries to take sides and those countries that don't take the side of democracy and human rights, there ought to be consequences to that and they ought to be economic and trade consequences.
1: But on that note, it seems often when outside people look at the US, a lot of major companies are doing business in China and ignoring the human rights aspect. So how would that play into that?
3: Well, I mean, Thermo Fisher is a a prime example. They're selling uh, DNA test kits to China um, and in particular to Tibetan police. And the Tibetan police are using the, you know, they're using DNA, along with the rest of the security services in Tibet uh, to forcefully uh, take DNA from people um, or take it from children without their consent. Um, And then, uh, according to some experts that spoke at Congress, they are are using those DNA tests to match people for organ donation and uh, forced organ harvesting. Uh, which is shocking and reprehensible uh, to the highest degree. Um, And that a U.S. company could be participating in that um, by supplying any DNA kits to China when forced organ harvesting is ongoing um, is a tragedy and a travesty, and and Congress should really pass a law against it.
1: And what would that law look like to actually make companies not do that, not basically focus on profits?
3: Well, there could be a law, a very simple law that says that any country that is engaged in forced organ harvesting uh, would not, we would not be, you know, our U.S. corporations would not be allowed to provide the equipment that might Go might be used for that forced organ harvesting, and it wouldn't only be equipment to Tibet. It would be equipment to all of China, and including Hong Kong and Macau, because things that are export controlled to China often get imported uh, via Hong Kong uh, and sent over to whoever really needs it uh, in mainland China. So we we have to stop these, you know. Uh, economic sanctions and export controls on a particular company in China and broaden it out to all of China, including Hong Kong and Macau.
1: That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.